0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.
1: This is Women To Watch. To rise above all of the
2: noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women To Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those
3: frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change
2: be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams.
1: True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good
3: evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm excited to be back with another great show for you tonight. My very special guest, who's going to be joining us in just a moment, is Annie Keffer. And Annie is a national youth leadership speaker. She is the author of Leadership Built on Why, and she's also the founder of the Young Women of Influence Conference. And we're going to be talking about all of the different aspects of Annie's work. Um, she's going to be sharing with us how she, or wh- her why, I should say, she's devoted her life to helping young people transform their own lives. Be sure to stay with us at all of the breaks where you'll be hearing from our watch team of contributors, Dr. Marion Ritchie, Carol Weinman, our attorney for our legal watch, Mary Manzo for our technology watch, and Holly Dowling, who will wrap things up with a, a wonderful inspirational segment um and uh, as always be sure to check us out at womentowatch.net that's women the number two watch.net net for all things related to the show and be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter where you can see our amazing lineup that we have scheduled through january i think at this point so without further ado i want to welcome to the show annie keffer annie welcome Hey, Sue, I'm so excited to be here. I really can't wait to talk with you. Well, listen, I, you know, I love having you. I'm glad that we got you during um, what I know is is a very busy day for you. And I was sad to see, you know, hear that you couldn't join me in the studio, but hopefully we'll get you back to Philadelphia another day. Yes, exactly. It's got to be sometime soon. Okay, good. Um, So listen, I I wanted to start with a quote uh, because I think it kind of, uh, you know, speaks to why you're doing the work you're doing. Um, And this is a quote from your book. In my heart, I knew I was destined for greatness and created to do amazing things, but my head was telling me to fit into molds created by other people. I think that's um, a quote that probably a lot of our listeners um, would uh, understand and relate to. Yeah, it's something that, you know, from a young age
4: and, you know, as we're seeing now, it's probably younger and younger than we ever experienced in our own lives. Um, You know, we kind of give away our childlike wonder and imagination and dreams. You know, you ask any little kid and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be the president or I'm going to go to the moon or, you know, they just they they think so grand and they imagine so grand. And then Mm. all of a sudden they start to think, oh, well, someone told me I couldn't do that or someone told me I wasn't smart enough or pretty enough, or I wasn't ever going to do anything that mattered. Um, You look at all these, you know, great people like Einstein and Oprah and Michael Jordan and, you know, plenty of people told them you're not enough. Like you're never actually going to do it. And so we're taught from such a young age to say, you might as well just be quiet and just do what you're told to do and kind of keep your head down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we either have that decision to say, okay, I'm going to do that or really to kind of combat that and have the different perspective of, that's how other people are saying it, either because they're jealous or they're scared or you know they're terrified to go after what they, they dream, but that doesn't mean that I need to do it. And the real reminder that when we do the scary thing, when we go after what we're supposed to do, you're now not only giving yourself the permission, but you're giving other people the permission that are watching you to do the same thing, to say, hey, I'm the example of,
3: I'm doing the scary thing, and it's not easy, but you can do it, too. That's right. That's right. So tell me just for a few minutes a little bit about your upbringing and, um, you know, how did it feel to you to uh, be told constantly from mom and dad that, you know, leadership was the only option, that you really um, should be a leader and you were meant to be a leader?
4: Yeah. So from the time I was little, before I could even spell the word leadership, um, I knew you know, what it meant. And I knew what it looked like. My parents were great at showing me the marriage between both knowledge of leadership and the action that you cannot have one without the other. Um, so I grew up with a phenomenal mindset of what it looked like and what I needed to do. And the interesting thing is, you know, oftentimes we look at our situation or other people's situation, and we think, oh, well, if I only had that, then I would be great. Or if I only did this, or if my upbringing was only like that. And I think that's the thing to remind ourselves of is that even though I had a phenomenal leadership upbringing and a great mindset, I still fell into the lies and the myths and the traps of what people were telling me I had to be or I had to look like or I had to function. So regardless of how we've grown up or what we've been taught, you know, we have the ability now to say, that's what it was then but i'm going to change the narrative i'm going to change the story i have the ability to do something you know different and greater because deep inside i always realized that there was probably something greater but i really struggled to figure out what that looked like um you know how to stand out as a kid And, you know, be picked on or not be picked on or figure out, like, you know, how how much do you strive? How much do you go for? What's the what's all of that look like? And it was a great learning experience to look back on now and understand, um, you know, no matter what we're taught, if we're not living it out, then, you know, it's not really doing anything for us.
3: So that was that was an interesting part of the book for me. Um, You know, you mentioned that you were given every opportunity um, and you received the right messaging from mom and dad. But yet you were still questioning and you had that doubt. So what does that say about the lack of effect that hearing the right thing um, over and over doesn't necessarily always, um, you know, lead us to to our right path? And, and how do we get to that place?
4: Right. So it's an interesting it's an interesting concept because the idea of mindset and having the correct mindset is actually incredibly valuable and most often when we look at our lives or we look at our problems it stems back to what kind of mindset do you have so Mm -hmm. even though i knew it i wasn't practicing it in my mind or practicing it outward like i wasn't constantly reminding myself that hey this is how i feel right i don't feel like i'm worth it i don't feel valuable i don't feel enough and everyone's telling me that, you know, the the naysayers, and I was letting that be my mindset mm, rather right. than, you know, the truth. So I think for me, it was, I was just not putting it into practice. I wasn't letting it be my mindset and I wasn't letting it be in my actions. And, you know, I think part of that too, and part of why I do what I do is because I want other younger women to see the examples, because so often in media and on Instagram and all these things is we're seeing examples of people that we're striving to be, and you take a look back and you think, why are we trying to be like that? Like, what are we so hungry for? What are we striving for, you know, to be, you know, have a million followers or like, what are we looking for? So I wanna be that example that maybe I didn't have at least kind of like in the world to say, hey, look, none of that really matters. Like you need to do what you were supposed to do. You need to figure it out and give back in whatever way that is. And so, I want to be that reminder to them of you know, even if you know the truth, even if you don't, this is what it is, and you got to practice it every single day because it never gets easier, right? Like I'm sure you you know, when we're running our own businesses or we're in our career or our families, you know, it's easy to let the negativity be our constant mindset and to kind of sit in our own garbage rather than flushing out and saying, this is definitely how I feel and that's okay, but I need to practice and consistently remind myself of the truth.
3: Right. And I have to tell you, I think, you know, really the key to all of it is, is that getting out of your own head. And, Mm -hmm. um, I loved how you said very often if people pay attention to this, they'll realize it. when we're carrying on, um, a very lively conversation in our own mind, when someone is speaking to us, So we're only hearing a very small portion of what they're saying because Mm. the attention is always on ourselves. How do I look? How do I sound? What am I going to say next? And so conquering that that chatter in the mind, I think, is really a very, very key piece um, to all of this and and gaining that confidence. Um, Listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to find out from you what exactly – was the pivotal moment, if you recall, where you made that decision to, you know, I'm just I'm changing my own mindset and I'm not going to let uh, the views of others affect me. We'll be right back. Stay with us for Carol Weinman and her Legal Watch.
2: Now the women to watch, Legal
1: Watch. Hi, this is Carol Weinman with Legal Watch. Do you know that according to the latest divorce statistics, approximately 40 to 50% of married couples in the U.S. divorce. Confronting the legal aspects of divorce is overwhelming and stressful, no matter how you look at it. If you are the parent of a child with autism, you face additional challenges. So why is that? Well, for example, a standard time-sharing plan may provide for your child to be with mom or dad on assigned days with alternating weekends. However, for your child who struggles with transitions, this schedule could be stressful, causing unwanted anxiety and meltdowns. I faced this concern when my husband and I split. Amidst the flux of my son's world being turned upside down, I knew for his emotional and psychological well-being the importance of maintaining as much stability and sameness as possible. This is a mandatory consideration in custody planning. Also, what about those regular therapy appointments which occur in the afternoon and early evening? If the plan sets aside certain days for mom or dad, without addressing whether either is available to take the child to therapy, your child may miss scheduled treatments. Another issue often overlooked is the cost of caregiving. One parent may need to devote extra time to care for the child, which can mean reduced income due to loss of wages, promotions, or even a job. I encountered this issue and have encountered numerous moms who have had to abandon their jobs to care for their child. A standard one-size-fits-all custody arrangement is just not in the best interest of your special needs child. Your plan should be as unique as your child. For more information, contact me at AutismLegal.com.
0: Attorney and leading autism expert Carol Weinman offers one-of-a-kind solutions to your legal and autism needs. Recognized nationwide as the one and only autism legal expert, Weinman delivers exceptional results. Weinman is a master at putting together pieces to create a remarkable outcome. Contact Weinman at 215-591-3614 or at autismlegal.com. That's autismlegal.com. Carol Weinman, the leading nationwide expert autism attorney. Since
3: 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. Welcome back. Sue Rocco here. You're listening to another week of Women to Watch, and I'm talking this evening with Annie Keffer. Annie is a national youth leadership speaker. She's the author um, of Leadership Build on Why, and she's also the founder of Young Women of Influence Conference. Um, and you know what, Annie, I really wanted to hear about your um, pivotal moment. And, and we don't always just have one, but I'm wondering if there was a day, a moment, where something happened and you made that decision to kind of get out of your own head. Yeah, so the sort of the backstory of that moment
4: was so I'm graduating high school. And you know whoever is, I always I always laugh because whoever decided to let eighteen-year-olds decide their entire life in you know one decision of college know. has like never met an eighteen-year-old, right? right? It's just like completely decide, unrealistic. Know. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you're totally overwhelmed and you're freaked out. And um, so I'm kind of like in that moment of I I'm passionate That's about terror. a lot of things. <laughs> yes, I'm total terror. Of, right. Like I have no idea what to do. And then I'm also at this crossroads of. You know, growing up feeling, you know, not adequate, not worth it, not enough, and feeling like I didn't really have that that purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was also looking around at my generation and going, my gosh, there is such a deep need for leaders who not only, you know, can speak knowledge of leadership, but can also act. So I was really kind of like looking at this problem around me going, can I do this? Am I supposed to do this? What would that even look like? Um, kind of looking, feeling like I was looking at Mount Everest going, okay, I have to move it left. Is that, <laughs> like, that's crazy, right? So right. Uh, six months into my freshman year of college, I was home for six weeks for Christmas break. And my dad was in the midst of transitioning his business from being, you know, financial advisor to teaching and coaching, throwing his first um, big event. And so I came to support and, you know, hang out as a, you know, unpaid intern or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I remember sitting in the back of the room, and listening to him and to other speakers that he had, and I was feeling for probably the first time in a really long time, if not ever, inspired and really motivated. And I thought, gosh, there's like, there's like there was something kind of churning in me that I hadn't felt before. So I remember it was lunchtime, and I walked up to my hotel room, and I walked into the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror. And for the oddest reason, I just remember saying – I'm going to write a book for women and for men um, younger than me or not. And I, I want it to be about my experience and kind of what leadership really is and what we were taught. And I just I was so energized and I realized that I was starting to figure out you know, what that purpose looked like. And the thing to remember is that that didn't happen overnight. You know, the book didn't come out right away. I didn't start speaking right away. You know, none of it was just this magical overnight moment. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really a journey of that was that moment that it clicked for me. Right. It was like the light bulb went on. Yeah, And I started to go down and learn about leadership and get mentored and coached and invest in myself and invest in all these different things. And then I started to speak and to mentor people and the book came out. So it was that was a pivotal moment where I started to pay attention to the fact that I realized that there was more. And then I started to walk down that path and see it evolve and change.
3: Yeah, I I love that for so many reasons. First of all, you were so young (laughs) to have that, that awakening. And did you always have a love of writing?
4: I did. I, so it's funny. I remember um, growing up, I really loved, my. and actually if you ask my brother, he'll say the same thing. I'd, I'd be in my room and I'd have a whiteboard set up and I'd put on these fake nails and I would pretend to be a teacher because I loved, <laughs> I loved, and you know, to all my fake students and I would love to teach, um, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher in the sense of show up to a classroom, but I really loved to talk. You know, you can never shut me up as a kid. I love to teach. I love to write. Uh, I felt really energized by all of that, but I was never told in, you know, the school setting or in that setting that that was something that you could do full time. Right. Like if you were going to be a writer, you were probably going to be broke. Like you're probably never going to make it like no one was going to publish your book. Like you can't (laughs) be you know what I'm saying? It's like everybody that was so unconventional in some sense. That nobody was really talking about that. So when I'm going into college, thinking like, "Oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do?" You know, I love so many things. How can I narrow it down? And then I pursued communications and realized, you know, I could get paid to, you know, not stop talking. That it it worked out (laughs) pretty well. But
3: yeah, well, you know, um, throughout the book, Annie, you're really trying to. Get people to have that that intuition about themselves and figure out, you know, what is my why? And also, you know, what is the definition of leadership? And I will say to you, you know, I've thought uh, we talk so much about leadership on the show. And and I think sometimes we talk about things over and over. And unless it's really defined for mm. ourselves, we um, it's not going to have an impact. And, you know, when I think about leadership for me, it really is just about waking up every day and walking out the door with good intentions. And I think mm-hmm. when you do that, you know, leadership comes about. So for the listeners, tell us what your definition of leadership is. What does that mean to you? And then what is your why? Yeah, it's really the ability to understand what you're
4: doing, you know, on this planet, like, you know, what, what is your purpose? Um, and again, when you when we talk about all of this, this stuff, your purpose, your passion, your mission, we still get caught in the trap of saying it has to look a certain way right? Like, it might have to, does it have to fit under this category? Does it have to have this specific name? And the thing is, like, whether or not you're showing up at a nine to five, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a teacher, you start your own business, you work a nonprofit, you, you know, travel the world and help people, no matter what that looks like, the point of being a leader is the fact that you understand what that is, you are passionate about it. And then you're walking down the path of saying, what is one person? Who is one person I can help every day? And, you, you know, you don't stray off that path because other people tell you to do that. And you allow yourself the opportunity to let it evolve, to let it grow. Um, but you're waking, like you said, you're waking up every day saying, like, who is one person I'm going to serve today? And that's all that matters. You, know, you know, we want to change the world, which is phenomenal, but that can feel incredibly overwhelming And it can feel like I can never feel like I'm doing anything that matters. So if you wake up every day and say, who is one person I'm serving? And at the end of the day, you can say your name. They can say, you know, you can remind yourself of the situation. I think that's when we start to show, you know, leadership, because we've shown up for someone every day. You know, it's serving the people who are in your passion. I think, you know, people used to think leadership was, and, you know, some people still do. Oh, well, you have a title you know, oh, you're this, you know, uh, position in a company. Oh, well, I'm telling you, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it, it, it gives the people the inability to really figure out what it means to serve those around them. And I think we have to really redefine what that looks like and flip it on its head and say, people are not here to serve you. You're here to serve the people. You're here to serve those around you and those in your purpose and your passion.
3: Right. And I think you're right about leadership does not mean you're a vice president. You're a founder. You're you're an entrepreneur. Right. Right. It's about what you're doing in your daily life, perhaps, you know, standing in front of one other person. Um, Listen, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the importance of sincerity uh, in what we're doing. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay with us for our Health Watch with Dr. Mary Ann Ritchie coming up next.
2: From Jefferson University Hospital, this is Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Ragweed season is here from mid-August into September. And maybe you just have annoying sniffles, but ragweed can also be a trigger for allergic asthma. About half of all asthma attacks are triggered by allergy. Now, an acute episode of wheezing can progress very quickly, so every patient needs a plan of action. Minutes can make the difference between life and death. Know your triggers, always carry a rescue inhaler such as albuterol that's up to date. And for children going back to school, asthma is the number one cause of missed school days in Philadelphia. So moms and teachers, have a meeting on the first day of school. Review the plan with the child, the mom, the teacher, and school nurse. Do a practice run. Make sure the teacher knows how to use the inhaler. Keep an extra rescue inhaler at school, either in nurse's office or the teacher's locked drawer. Make sure that both the child's inhaler and the teacher's inhaler are up to date. Teachers, keep a list at your desk with a photo of each child, their allergies, and meds. Each medication should clearly show the child's name, the drug name, dose, and how often it's given. Unfortunately, many schools only have a nurse present two to three days a week. On days without a nurse, you're the nurse. At Jefferson, Dr. Jessica Most runs the Asthma Center with one-on-one instruction for each patient. She also partners with the American Lung Association with the Better Breathers Club. Read more at lung.org. Call 1-800-JEFF-NOW to get the most with Dr. Most. So divas, take a deep breath. Take care of yourselves or nobody else will.
3: Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments. It's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com. Or call 610-238-6636. The Foley-Hilsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hilsley at 610-238-6636. That's
2: 610-238-6636. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. This is Women to Watch
1: with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210.
2: Welcome
3: back. You're listening to another week of Women to Watch, and I'm joined this evening by Annie Keffer. Uh, Annie is the author of Leadership Built on Why, and it's a great, great book, of, both for young people and for adults. I'll tell you, uh, Annie, when I was reading it, I just it just kept taking me back to those years when I was really kind of struggling uh, with my own confidence and self-esteem. And one of the things you talk about in the book is, is sincerity, and I think that's so incredibly important in anything that we're doing. If, if we're not doing it um, with sincerity, it's not going to work. And I wanted to ask you, you know, can someone practice sincerity in, in what they do, or does it have to come from um, an authentic place?
4: I mean, I think, you know, no
3: one –
4: everyone has the ability to do great things. So people often ask me, you know, can – is everyone a leader or, you know, were some people born leaders and some not? And I think that everybody has the ability to do these things. It's just whether or not you choose to do them. So you have to choose to be sincere, to practice that. And it has to come from an authentic place because if it doesn't, obviously it's not going to come across. And so really it comes from – You practicing that with yourself, with the people close to you, and then kind of doing it around in circles. And again, as with anything that we've learned in this world, nothing comes naturally or overnight or right away. So it's just a continual practice and the self-awareness to say, okay, I learned from that situation. I wasn't as sincere as I would have liked to be. What can I do just a little bit better to help me to continue to do this in my everyday practice?
3: So in the book, um, you referenced... Quite a bit, people that are in our lives, particularly when we're growing up, that um, don't believe in us. And I wonder if you can give us an example. You you probably have a memory of of two things: someone in particular that um, you know really was not a supporter, and perhaps even uh, put you down, and then someone who believed in you, uh, other than family, that really made a difference for you. Can you tell us one or both of those stories? Yeah, I mean, I I still have people who don't believe
4: in me on a regular basis. You know, it's like one of those things that um, never goes away. And it kind of it's it's almost like the sense of like, but why? You know, like you would think at some point, you know, people would people would stop. But the thing is, you know, a dog never barks at a parked car. So they're always going to start saying something as soon as you move. So as soon as you start making moves to do great things, you know, people are going to come out and, and remind you that, you know, they don't think that you're enough. So um, I had plenty of friends, like young friends uh, in middle school um, who just didn't, they just, they didn't get it. They would make fun of it. They would, you know, try to beat you down and get you in the in the gossip circles and keep you just kind of wanting to be mediocre. And or was it
3: about it wasn't, you know, it wasn't cool? It wasn't cool It wasn't for cool. Yeah,
4: for it was what, just, yeah. Yeah, so just like, you know, come on, just like, wh- like, why are you trying to be, like, more than you are? Why are you trying to be better? Like, just chill out, like, just be like everybody else. Mm. Um, and it, it's really, really, really tough to say no, to either learn how to say no and be okay saying no, because it feels like the end of the world, right? Like, in, in middle school, in high school, it feels like that's everything. And then as you get older, you realize... It's le- It still feels sometimes like everything, but you realize it's less of everything. So um, I definitely had those people. I still have those people. Um, I had a teacher, um, Mrs. L, in middle school. She was like our gym teacher, and she was just one of the most impactful people in my life, she was my volleyball coach. She taught us gym. She was just so encouraging. She always looked at us and realized that we could do greater than we ever thought that we could, and that was just such a powerful influence um, because she really she treated us like we were older than we were, and it and it helped us to kind of step up our game um, instead of just treating us like kids. She expected us to kind of step up and be better, and that was really powerful for me and a great example of. You know, you have the ability with other people to help them step up their game just by showing them that you look at them in a better light. And I think that's really
3: powerful. Mm, Definitely. Um, I think that, you know, when we talk about particularly for young people trying to figure out their purpose, their calling, (laughs) their why, it really is overwhelming if you're just, you know, not feeling particularly drawn to any one area. I'm wondering if you can give me an example of – Another young person's why that you have worked with or perhaps met what 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 they learned it was and what they're doing um, to live it to live out that why.
4: Yeah. So I met um, a girl named Emily. Uh, She was going to be a freshman in high school. This is probably six years ago now. And she was at my church youth group that I helped out with on Wednesdays. And she was just really quiet. She was really, really shy. Um, You really had to pull her out of her shell. Um, She was not outgoing or, you know, in any sense of the word. And so I worked with her slowly over her four years of high school, just interacting with her and talking with her and pulling out, you know, like, what are you excited about? What are you passionate about? What do you love? And I realized early on that she had a great heart for just like I did for helping, you know, girls and women coming behind her and to really pour into them um, and to teach them this kind of the same thing that I was doing that, you know, you have a greater purpose to live on. And it took a while to really pull that out of her and for her to be confident enough to realize what that looked like. And I remember uh, her senior year, towards the end of the year, she had to write a speech about somebody who'd made an impact. And she came up to me on a Wednesday and she said, oh, you know, I wrote this speech about you. And I was kind of like, really? Like, why? You know, like, what, you know, what did I really do? And, and so it was cool to see how she had finally kind of come out of her shell and she was way more confident to speak about um, to impact and purpose. And now she's doing that same thing. She's helping, you know, girls in fifth and sixth grade to achieve confidence, to be excited about what they're doing, to not, you know, kind of go into that peer pressure. Um, so it took some time and everybody's journey is really different. Mm-hmm. Um, some people can kind of figure it out right away, you know, at least in a, on a quicker process, some people it'll take some time. So be patient with the journey um, because we learn so much about ourselves and about the world when we're willing to be patient to kind of walk through the ups and the downs and, you know, it not making sense. Um, but when you start to pay attention to, I always tell people two things, what you're passionate about. And what really ticks you off in the world? So, you know, if I asked you, hey, you know, what, what, what are you really excited about? Or I could ask you about a subject, and you could just go on and on and on because you were just like so pumped, you love this subject. And then on the flip side, um, what could I ask you about that would really just like enrage you? Because you would go, I know that could be better. Mm-hmm. Like I know that could be, you know, I could change that. And the magic comes, the why comes when you merge those two together. Yeah, so for I think. Me, I was...
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! I was just going to say. I think you're, that's such a great question. I think to help people figure out where they belong is—is is what 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 are you enraged about? What makes you yeah. so angry? Um, because yes, that's often an area where you you know you want to make a change. You know, if, if right. you want to have impact or influence, um, it might not necessarily be the thing you love. It might be the thing that drives you crazy, and you want to get right. in there and make a difference. Right.
4: Yeah. And yeah. So when you bring that, when you when you learn how to bring those together. So for me, I was really ticked off that there weren't. There weren't great examples for young women. They, there, there wasn't a lot of people out there that were really showing us, you know, what it needs to look like, you know, beyond, you know, the examples out in Hollywood. And then the other side was I love to teach and to write and to mentor. And so that's when I was able to bring those two together. Um, and that's when I kind of developed the why. So, again, it's not... Don't judge it before you identify it. Be okay if it is different. Be okay if it's unconventional. You know, allow yourself to really figure out what that looks like and realizing it will evolve and change. And that's really where your sweet spot is.
3: Yes, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, you mentioned Hollywood. I think that's so much smoke and mirrors there, but that's what's in the forefront and in front of young men and women every day, all day long. So it's easy right. to get confused. Uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about your conference, the Young Women of Influence Conference, what uh, what you're doing with that. You're listening to Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned for our Leadership Watch with Holly Dowling.
1: Women to Watch. Leadership Watch.
5: Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch and a dose of inspiration today. So another amazing pillar that I'd like to share with you from discovering the essence of what truly has been the leading three pillars of powerful and successful women leaders around the world. And this pillar is courage. What we've discovered and I found in all the interviews is that the one quality that is common amongst everyone, the courage, the power to stand up for what you stand for. And what do I mean by that? Do you have the courage to know that you can say no, the power of no? You see, so many of us struggle with feeling that we have permission to say no. And actually, the greatest gift you can give yourself and the world is the courage to know that you have the power to say no so you know where to say yes so many times we find ourselves caught in this cycle of saying yes to everybody and everything and do you know what happens we've lost you we're losing the best of you there's nothing left of you you're depleted you're drained there's nothing left because you haven't stood up to have the courage in yourself to say no that is no longer where I'm going to serve because you see the world benefits when we get to see you leveraged at your very best. And that means being really clear about where you can say yes and bring your best to the world. So today it is time. Take a look at your calendar today, tomorrow, and for the next seven days. And what can you start carving out that is truly not bringing the best of you? And trust me when I say Everyone wins. Your family wins. Your colleagues win. Your companies win. Everyone wins, especially you win, because now you're standing up for what you stand for and we get to see the very best of you. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stories. Please reach out to me at hollydowling.com.
0: Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You
5: see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something.
0: Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives. And her show is listened to in 87 countries.
5: Now we're going to spend 25 minutes... On your areas of opportunity.
0: Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling. Empowering those who can change the world. hollydowling.com You're listening to Women to Watch with Surago on Talk Radio
3: 12. I'm talking to Annie Keffer this evening, national youth leadership speaker, author, and founder of the Young Women of Influence Conference, um, which is one of the things you're doing in addition to your speaking and writing. Uh, when did you launch that conference, Annie? And t- tell us about it and, and what you hope to bring about. Yeah, so that conference first launched in January of 2013,
4: um, and it was probably one of the scariest things. I had ever taken on. I was just 21 at the time. And I knew, I remember about six months prior, I said to my dad, I said, I know I want to do a conference for women. He was like, hold on a second. Like this is, you know, this is a thing <laughs> to take on. Cause I hadn't, you know, i had never done, a, you know, never put on a conference before. And my nature is not necessarily, you know, the details or the follow through. I'm, you know, the visionary on the, the, the idea. go-getter after that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so for I partnered with uh, a friend in Atlanta, Georgia and for six months put together this conference. And I just it's funny because I look back and I think, my gosh, my, my brain was gonna ooze out of my head because it was so not my nature, but I realized my why was greater than that and the, the purpose of it all was so much greater. So it was worth, you know, everything that I put into it. So we had thirty five girls show up in Atlanta for a day conference, and the point of it really is is the acknowledgement of once you start to understand and implement, you know, leadership and purpose and all this great stuff this journey can feel incredibly lonely, Um, you know, whether or not you have a nine to five or an entrepreneurship or whatever you're doing, um, this journey can feel kind of, it can feel hard and it doesn't feel like everyone's always on board with it. So to create a space where women feel like, oh my gosh, I'm around other people that get it, that are doing it, that are failing, that are, you know, succeeding, doing all these things. I wanted to create that space for young women, women in their 20s and 30s who could really come and just be like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm not the only one and I can breathe a sigh of relief. And now I can finally be encouraged to keep going, even when it's hard.
3: Have you been doing it every year since? Uh, We haven't done it every year. We've been doing
4: it kind of every other year. Um, And I want to bring it, you know, just with busy schedules. I want to start doing this all over the country and partnering with um amazing women in other states to say, Hey, let's bring this to your to your state or your city and let's encourage some women because, you know unless we're doing the conventional path, it often feels like we're sort of an anomaly. Like I feel like as a 26 year old woman with two businesses that I'm, you know, I'm kind of like this weird person, you know, who am I? But I want to remind people that you're not like, you know, no matter what your journey looks like, there's a place for you and you matter and you have an impact. So to continue to remind women, you know, that is the case and, you know, to not compare on social media and that, you know, we're all just women in real life trying to make a difference. And I think that's when, you know, real big change starts to
3: happen. Yeah. You know, social media, I feel so conflicted about it on a daily basis because obviously I'm in media and I have to be on social media. And I love the ability to connect and talk Mm. to people from all around the world. And then on the flip side, there's that awful, awful, you know, negativity. Right. So tell me what you know, how do you balance those two sides of social media what you know what and here's a good question as well what is a typical day for you what are you doing as a speaker and an author and a founder what what are you doing every day what does that look like
4: yeah, social media has been one of those things for me where it, it, is, it feels like that great conflict, that great conundrum of, you know, how do you, how do you tackle it? Because it, it does have the ability and it has really done great things. It's connected people it would have never connected before, and it's done a lot of great. But, of course, as with everything, you know, great evil can come from it. So I think the perspective of, you know, your life will not end, your business will not suffer if you don't show up on social media every day. You know, I think that we kind of get tied to it if I don't post like, no, like they'll forget about me or I won't be a big deal. And, you know, you see people are like, Oh, post six times a day or post. <laughs> right, you know, There's a formula, w- apparently a yeah. science behind it. Yep. Right. And I think, you know, if you have to just be so self-aware of this, of the sense of if I am on social media, as much as I am, is it helping me? Is it hurting me? Do I feel like I get sucked in? Am I not being as productive? So it's really, you know, kind of taking a a test of to say, you know, is it really actually helping me or is it hurting me? And then to dial back or dial up and and really just have a pulse on, you know, how it's making you feel. Because if it's it's hurting you, you know, why would you do it? So I think it's really being keen to pay attention to, you know, how it makes you feel and, you know, how it's affecting your life and your business. And the other part of that is to show up and be vulnerable. Um, So, you know, author and speaker, and then I own a vintage and modern rental company for weddings and corporate events. And oftentimes you would think, oh, that just means you're showing off your services. But what my business partner and I have really learned is that when we show up and we're like, hey, you know, today was not a great day. You know, we have been struggling or, you know, we, we share advice and we share encouragement. That's really when I've seen the fact that it becomes so much more than just social media. It becomes the ability to connect with other people. Around the world, who are like, thank you for being real. Like, thank you for showing the other side of things. And I think that's the greatest part of social media is the ability to get on there and say, it seems like a highlight reel. It seems like it's not real, but this is the other side of things. Let's encourage each other in this. And I think that's been, you know, our greatest success is when we just have the ability to kind of bear it all in, a, in an appropriate way um, and do that. And so it's just really kind of paying attention to how it makes you feel and how it's affecting you and then saying, how can I be more real? How can I be more honest? How can I show people the other side of things so they feel encouraged and they don't feel as alone in all of that?
3: And don't you think as well that it's it's so much more about uh, quality than quantity. Yeah. What are you really sharing, is. right? What mm-hmm. are you saying? What are you, how are you helping others with it as opposed to how many posts a day are you, are you doing? Right. Uh, one of the phrases in your book that I love so much is living outside the matrix, and uh, I think that's similar to you know not not following the masses, and it's it's something I've said to my kids over and over and over. You know that the right thing to do is rarely what everyone else mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah. Uh, so to Tell the listeners what living outside the matrix means to you. I mean, it's, it's the thing that we've all grown up knowing. If everyone's going right, you should probably start to go
4: left. Um, and it's it's not an easy thing. It's easy to get sucked into kind of what everyone else is doing. And if I'm not doing it, what, you know, the fear of, yeah, I got FOMO, I'm going to miss out on something. Oh, my gosh, you know, what's, what's going to happen? But mm-hmm. really, the most incredible life you can live is the one that no one else is living. Um, and so being true. okay being okay with that, you know, it's, it's not gonna, it's actually, it's the most freeing thing that you can do is when you start to start to live the life that, that means the most to you, that has the most impact that you've really dreamed of living. Um, and it's, you know, it's not, not everyone's going to get it or understand it. And guess what? Like, that's okay. Because the things that matter, not everyone is going to be on the the same page about. So it's the constant reminder. And I think one of the greatest lessons I've learned is that the more I can put up, Um, phrases or reminders or encouragement in my face, and I can see every day, um, the more likely I am to live them out. So I put up my why. I put up encouragement on my phone, in my car, on my computer, in my bathroom, just so that I'm reminded every day, hey, this is why I do what I do.
3: Mm, That's a great, great way to end the show, Annie. Um, Great advice from a young woman who's, who's really only just starting out, as far as I'm concerned. And I thank you so much for sharing your story with us here tonight. Thanks so much for having me, Sue. I've loved talking with you. That's the end of our uh, very special interview with Annie. And stay with us. Going into the break, you're going to hear from Mary Manzo for Technology Watch.
2: Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch.
6: Hi, I'm Mary Manzo, partner and COO of Pathways Consulting Group. Many of you are a parent of a student. Whether they're in elementary, high school, or college, technology can be a distraction, while at the same time have great advantages. When my daughters were in school, electronic devices like cell phones weren't permitted in the classroom. The introduction of laptop-based schools and the growing dependency on devices, laptops, tablets, phones, are being permitted at all different levels, especially at the college level. Many professors have no classroom policies about devices and leave it up to the student. College is hard enough with all the distractions and newfound freedoms, and because the work is harder, some students may experience their first low grades. Now add the distraction of the cell phone. Utilization of this device in the classroom can be the distraction that leads to even lower grades. In the journal Educational Psychology, it was found that students who had cell phones or other types of devices present while a lesson was being taught scored 5% or half a letter grade lower at the end of the semester. Although this may not be the case for every student, it is something to take into consideration. Additionally, with the newfound excitement and distractions of college life, it is becoming increasingly difficult for students to maintain their schedule and develop good study habits. Time management becomes critical and something that needs to be developed and improved over time. This can be overwhelming, especially for the new college student. This is where technology can have its advantages. There are so many new apps for time management out there that can help in this area. My advice is to investigate them. You can research some of the latest apps by Googling top 10 time management apps for the college student 2018. You may even find one that works for your busy life. Whether you're a student or not, I believe there's a time and place for technology, as well as ways to improve our hectic lives through technology. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Email me at mary at That was great fun talking
3: to Annie Keffer this evening, and be sure to go out and get her book, particularly if you have some young adults in your household. It's, it's a great guide for young adults, Leadership Built on Why. And that's it for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Be sure to visit our website if you can and sign up for our newsletter. We'd love to uh, engage with you and and hear comments about the show. You can see our lineup and um, you can follow us on all of our social media pages, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week and thanks for tuning in to The Real Story behind her title.